Hey, Dark. Hey. You know, Darkness and I <laughs> just spent the last uh, 20, 25 minutes um, yeah. inexplicably. It's so, it was weird. Talking yeah. with the microphones on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but not recording because what we're talking about is not fit for public consumption. But uh, right, we're just chatting. It was like we just we were chatting, run into each other. So. Yeah. And uh, it reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where Kramer rescues the uh, set of the Merv Griffin show if he finds it out, the, <laughs> out on the street so he's yeah, 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 away yeah. he drags it up to his apartment and then all his interactions for like a week That's or whatever right. are in this of him as the, the framework yeah. of the of the old Merv yeah. Griffin show I think it was yeah. Merv Griffin or Mike Douglas something. no it was Merv Griffin yeah. it was Merv Griffin and uh, people would go along with it you know it was like uh, so I don't know why it reminded me of that because we're because we're talking into nothing talking into no nothing reason. yeah yeah it was uh, fantastic I don't know if it was fantastic but it, I enjoyed it it for whatever. Was it good for you, Frank? Oh, let's not do that. How, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to share this with you. Yeah. Because you know how I say how you, how you feel? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready to change that. Oh, okay. And I wanted you to be the first guy to hear it. Oh, I'm excited. I'm ready. I, I'm going to, this experiment, I may give yeah. up on it. But okay, that's okay. If you think about it, how you feel is not that important. Okay. It's how you act. Oh, because your actions... Because you've changed already. Like your you actions, went from how are you? Well, I went from how are you because who cares? Because nobody cares, right? Into a, how well, you feeling? Well, it's not a real question, right? And it went to how you feeling? To how, right. Well, I think that's an important piece of information. So I would that's say how you feeling, and regardless of what you say, I would say you look good. Right, and then you would say, right. oh, thanks, yeah, right. whatever, right? Whatever. Because then you feel better. Yeah. So okay. I, so I now, think now I'm going to go to how are you acting? <laughs> because your actions influence your feelings far more than vice versa. <laughs> Because when you say, ask me how I'm feeling, I yeah. always lie. I always say, top shelf. I know. And I always I don't, don't know why lie. I do it. But well, well, sometimes I mean, you're top shelf. Right. But what I'm really say saying shelf. is I'm acting. I'm acting well. Because I'm, I'm following my, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So you're, what how, how are you acting today? I have, uh, Did you act well? Top shelf. Um, no, no, no. That's not the right answer. <laughs> how is that not the right answer? I can give an answer I want. No, that's a good, that's <laughs> fair. You know what? I'm going to stick with how you feel. I think it's a good Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> So a funny thing happened to Darkness and I. Uh, oh yeah, uh, last Friday, I guess. Because we usually yeah, we're we usually lay down a f- episode uh, uh, on a yeah. Friday. Today's a Drop Saturday it. because yeah. Darkness and I had the uh, I had to participate in the F three quarterly board meeting. Yes, which went exceptionally well, I think, and exceptionally long. It was exceptionally long. Man, we talked, and you guys were on for. Another probably hour better after I left. Uh, I was not. I dropped off okay. fairly soon because those guys the, were. the board had to consider something that involved me directly. So got it. Uh, I was not, but uh, we did not. Bottom line, that is, we did not lay down an episode. Yeah, we didn't. Have time. So we're doing it today yeah. on a Saturday here in the Yurko, in the now empty uh, offices of Reading Jones, which are generally during the week are just, it's just hustling and or bustling, teeming with activity. Teaming. Yes, teeming. Today, uh, not so much, uh, but this is last Friday, Darkness and I yeah. completed our uh, recording. Yeah. We went outside, yeah. and uh, I was accompanied Darkness uh, to his... Yeah, uh, to the erstwhile to Tacoma. His, Tacoma. I'm sorry, to the Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper. Uh, I just broke the, the, the Yaris. I broke the, <laughs> the Yaris. <laughs> to his Yaris. I ruined the illusion. Right. And yeah. uh, a fella pulls in next to us. Yeah, so we, I load up all my stuff, right? And this guy pulled, and it was a, and I remember it very clearly now. It was a gold PT cruiser. It was a gold PT cruiser, yep. and, and I think uh, the front bumper was like bungee corded on. There was it was a, a night a two thousand and seven PT cruiser, yep. and in that year I looked it up. In that model year, only seven gold 
PT Cruisers. Really? Uh, those manufacturers. You would think he would have taken better care of it, knowing well, how rare it is. Well, it's, it's rare, but that doesn't make it great. That's fair. You know, it's still some, a PT Cruiser. Yeah, it's still a PT Cruiser. <laughs> and I would apologize to all the PT Cruiser drivers out there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you well, shouldn't drive that. I, I don't have any feelings about it. I, I will tell you, my wife would say, <laughs> if you have a PT Cruiser, you are a PT loser. She did not like that vehicle. <laughs> I don't know why. She just That's good. gets on to something. But well, uh, yeah. I thought it was kind of fun. My dad so, had one. So, <laughs> regardless, this guy pulls like up, gold, pops open the back hatch. No, I take that back. First, he pulled up and he begins. There's a Chipotle right next door to the global headquarters of Reading. There Jones. is. And this guy walked up to the door of the Chipotle and then quickly came back to his car as though he had like, oh, I forgot no, my wallet. No, he, but he literally went. Yeah, that's right. Like, you're like, ah, I got to go back. Dang it. I can't believe I forgot my fill in the blank. Yeah. And you were thinking uh, book of Robert Frost poetry, maybe? Could be. Leaves of grass that we were all Whitman, I guess. Yeah. yeah, He's got some Heading back to his vehicle for something. Yeah. His wallet or a phone or who knows, right? So then he pops open the back hatch of the PT Cruiser. By this time, he was acting a little oddly, both of us thought, right? Because yes. we were watching him. Yeah, and he was kind of ruffling around in the back of the truck, yeah. and we were, or the car there. And we were like, okay, okay. And then he, it was like he had a couple of boxes, like stacked one on the other. And he takes this, and I couldn't tell what it was at the time. He takes some article of clothing or something, and he lays it on top of these boxes. And he kind of is, you know, and, and spreading it and, you know, flattening right. it out, right? Right, right. he was. Right? He yeah. was. And then he took, it, <laughs> he took it out of there and slipped it over his head. And it was, we think. No, it was. It was. It was a bulletproof vest. Yeah, it was some kind of flat jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like more police, like more like a policeman wear than a soldier. Yeah, than like wear. a yeah, like yeah. a full body armor yeah. kind of thing. No, but it yeah, was, so a soldier's <clears throat> body armor that's not really ballistic miss or it, that that's designed to stop flak. Yeah. You know, which is what a uh, an incendiary round, like an explosive round, would produce. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's wearing like a police. Yeah. You're designed for a, a, you know, a relatively low caliber bullet. Yeah. So he slides this thing on, and Dredd and I look at each other. It's got Velcro attachments. And, and he's, like, yeah, and he's putting it on, He's and, and it had like these flaps right. that I guess you would like tuck into your... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And was, he's also going... Doop, 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 doop. <laughs> I don't remember the doop doop part. <laughs> he was, well, he was like kind of humming to himself. He did see, yeah, but yeah. he did seem kind of... He's like, uh, you know, pulling on my, uh, you know, and I was thinking Columbine. Well, that's what, and that was the thing. And so Maybe. we're standing there. We watch this guy do this, and he's putting this thing on. And this couple walks up. Remember yeah, that? The couple did. walks up, and they were like, they're kind of looking. And then he, this guy, finishes putting on his vest. And Dave and I are both looking. We're like, does he have a gun? Like I didn't see anything. I can't tell from here. Like is he tucked in his pants? What is going on over there? Because we're thinking, are we about to witness the shooting up right. of this Chipotle? It does make you wonder if he had a gun? What would you have done? I, so I played it out that fast in my head. So the, the true and honest answer is I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. Because I've never been in that kind of situation, and it's impossible to say what I would do in that moment until it happens. Yeah. I, that's my feeling on those kinds of things. What the scenario that played out in my head though was, depending on when I like, if I saw him walking in with the gun, here, here this is the idiot thing that I planned to do. It's, I was gonna pull. I had change. In my pocket, like a couple, like a quarter or something in my pocket. I was going to throw it on the ground and be like, excuse me, sir, sir, did you drop this? Ah, the old, ah, the old change trick. Well, I just was to see if I could just interrupt yes. this pattern. The Baxter like, Village change trick. Right? right? <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. 
in all good. Sir, is that your quarter? Well, Sir. I, uh, let me bend over for a second. Wham! Well, I, mean, I just didn't know. Like, I just was trying to interrupt his pattern, like sure. trying to get in his head, right, you know, like right. just have him, you know, be disoriented. Not because right. I was going to attack him. I don't think that's probably a good plan, but well, I just thought I'd try and interrupt him. Uh, long enough to try and figure out if we yeah. can start a conversation and, and not get shot and not get shot and sure. not have him shoot anyone else. Okay, good. Like that was my big genius plan. And then, but I couldn't tell if he had a gun. I didn't know what was going on. So we let him go in there. This couple walks up and they're like, that was strange. That was strange. And we were like, we agree. He also walked into the Chipotle and went straight to the bathroom. Did he really? Yeah. Saw him do that. Oh gosh. See, I missed that. See, I didn't think he had a gun because I don't think he, I couldn't see how he could secrete a gun underneath that body armor. Yeah. But well, I was looking. You know? I know you were. And you would know. I've never, see, again, uh, limited experience. You would sure. know a lot better than I would. Well, the um, thing, actually, I don't have any experience with that particular kind of body armor. I fair. Just, but I, it was so. I just meant with people carrying guns. Oh, keep, people carrying guns. Yeah. yeah. I um, I didn't see where he could have secreted it. Yeah. So I just, we stood there for a minute. Dredd was like, well. And I was like, well, I don't know. Just another guy we wearing do. a bullet Yeah, just, you know, like you a, do. In a, in a Chipotle. But I couldn't bring myself to leave. No shirt, no shoes, no bullet <laughs> vest, no service. No service. <laughs> so he goes and he sits in there. And I wait for a minute. And then I was like, I can't. I just, oh, see, I left. I know. I just couldn't bring myself to leave. I was like, what if something happens? So here's what idiot oh, helmet does. I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend to be on the phone. And I just walked into Chipotle and pretended to be on the phone. And I walked right over basically where this guy was, pretending to be on the phone, pretending I'm not looking at him. Just, you know, and he was just sitting there and he was scrolling through something on his phone and probably some sort of manifesto of some kind. Of, <laughs> no. And uh, and I looked in his car to see if there was anything indicative of firearm or anything sure. like that. And there was a couple of weird, like, literature, like old, you know, classic literature books. The thing was just an absolute trash hole of a car. I mean, it was, it was he stuff did, He did look like the he kind was, of guy that would. Right. Bell tower it. Yeah, he had a very yeah. uh, in incel look to him. Yeah, he did not look good. Anyway, so I stood over there for a little while and pretended to talk to my wife about ordering Chipotle for dinner and then getting in a fake argument. Was, <laughs> sure. You know, all this kind of stuff. And then I waited, and then after about, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of, you know, pretending to do that and pretending to sit at the table for a second and tap yeah. on, you know, whatever, he, uh, he you know, starts picking up his stuff. And But when I walked so in. So are you saying he never bought anything? No, he did. He, yeah, okay. so he, he, by the time I walked in there, he had, a he had ordered and, yeah. and he was okay. sitting down to eat. And so he was eating, I mean, uh, but he was, he was strange. He walked up to the counter a couple different times and was very, and like the, you could tell the staff was super unnerved by the whole thing. Well, and yeah. Then I, well, then I noticed on his right hand side, he's got an empty holster. Empty, empty hole. An okay. Empty that, holster. None of that is good. No. And well, I was like, funny thing about that particular Chipotle is it is a favorite, uh, lunchtime and, uh, Dinner time location for Charlotte Metropolitan Police Department officers. Really, it's very rare that uh, no, it's not very. There's rare. not it's, a cop in there. It's, 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 it's very. In there a lot. I'm going to say it the other way around. Yeah. It's very common that you see a police officer, or two. In fact, a group of police officers yeah. in there. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. Nothing happened, and I stayed until he, you know, left and then got in his car and drove away. But I was like, what? <laughs> and I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, there used to be a restaurant right down the road there, like at the corner there, and. Uh, empty space now but I was um, eating there at lunch with her with another lawyer and came out and uh, I noticed while we were at lunch that there was a guy that kept glancing over at us and he looked like reminded me of the guy that was uh -huh. uh, and uh, had that incel uh -huh. uh, kind of look to him so uh, Richard my friend and I get outside and we were having some kind of final words or maybe just standing outside the door and he comes out and I could see him over Richard's shoulder he comes out and he's kind of eyeballing us, uh -huh. and he circles around us, 
in a way, enough of a way that made me suspicious. So I kind of watched him. And sure enough, it was like he was working up the nerve to do it. He just beelines back in and he says, you guys are talking about just what you kind of guys would talk about. To you guys? Yeah. And Richard, Richard's an old guy. Richard's probably 70, early 70s. And he says, well, my friend, he's an old school sharp uh-huh. guy. Well, my friend, he goes, um, I don't know how we defended you. And I, I shouldn't have, but I just laughed. I said, well, we're talking about just the kind of things guys like us would talk about. Ain't that exactly what you'd expect? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went off on a tirade. Oh, I mean, um, I forget what Richard and I were talking about. Probably law, or obviously, or yeah, you know, I don't something. Know, you know, <clears throat> public ta- policy of some. I don't kind know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we were having a private conversation. It wasn't like I was standing on the table, right? Saying, yelling, you know, scream, yeah. screaming, you know, past passages of the Constitution. Not that I'm above that, but I wasn't doing it on this occasion. Fair. But he just he came over and just, and then uh, he kind of took a step towards us. And Richard, being an older guy, kind of took a step towards him. Oh my! And then he he kind of backed up, and he and he and he and he took a few steps back, and he said, "You know, yeah, guys like you, you're going to find out what's going to happen." And I'm like, "I hope so." <laughs> I, want, I wouldn't like, want to miss it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was bizarre. That is so weird. And you're thinking off, and off his meds. When was that? A couple of years ago. Yeah, because like this, I was thinking could have been the same guy. Could have been. I mean, you look familiar. I could mean, have been. Because there's something about it when he first pulled up, he looked familiar. You know, on that crazy story, yeah, unless that's you a good moral, idea. No, you no, no moral, just a weird story. Uh, let's it's, roll that open. It's a good idea. And, and we're back. back. It's good to be back it's after that. Uh... <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. And I'll be joined every week by some of the greatest leaders I can find in F3 and beyond. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach virtuous leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. Strange. I just thought, you know, it's 2020, man. Who really knows? Who really yeah, knows? Yeah. Yeah. Weird stuff. Well, I see it in the courthouse, you know, from time to time, I see some um, advanced lunacy. Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's yeah. some real... Yeah, you get them in a jury pool sometimes and get a guy, you know, ask them, is there any reason... So is there anything that uh, would keep you from being uh, rendering a fair and just verdict in this case? And they'll say just something. Some weird. Now, do they do yeah. that just to get out of it, or are they nuts? Um, despite that be- that being a common trope, I, I really don't believe... That people really do that. That people really do that. I think that the... When they get in there and then the, you know, they get shown a movie, you know, like a, by the time they get up there, uh-huh. I think the solemnity, the solemn nature of the, of the proceeding, it, it they, gets, yeah. in, you know, and they, yeah. they won't do They're that. Gonna be, yeah. They'll, they'll readily say that they, if they really want to get out of it, they have business issues or, or sure. whatever it might be, but yeah. But they have like com- most common uh, reasons are like doctor's appointments you know, they can't get out of or right, business right. trips they can't get to and it depends on judges no real rule on it judges will let them go yeah. or not let them go some judges are like it's, fu- it's, it's funny when you see a judge and he'll listen to it and he'll nod his head ask questions oh uh-huh. wow okay so that one particular judge he's an F3 guy too is that uh, right uh-huh. yeah he's an F3 guy and he uh, is not on the bench anymore but he uh, so he's asking his fellow says well he's just started a um, he was a, he was a chef and a part owner of this restaurant uh-huh. 
And the judge was kind of a foodie, and he was like, that, and he names the restaurant, I can't remember what it was called. And the uh, guy says, juror says, yeah. And he goes, you ever eat there? And the judge says, oh, man, I eat there all the time. It's a great restaurant. I love that place. I guess, he goes, I guess without you there, it'd be kind of tough for them to, you know, to maintain their... And, and uh-huh. he goes, so he thinks he's getting out. And he, yeah. he goes, yeah, judge, it would really be tough. You know, it's like an integral of that. And his judge says, I'm not surprised, man. I've eaten there at a really quick pace. He goes, unfortunately, uh, you have juror duty. And you're going to be with us for the next week or so, even longer. I thought it was so funny. He was so con- just genial. He was a very took con- him all the way down. <laughs> very congenial guy. He wasn't jerking him around. Yeah. He was just having a conversation with him. But he got to the end of it, and 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 uh, I did, tried several cases with him. I never saw him let a guy out for anything less than like something really serious. surgery, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Um, huh. And I've had judges who were, I, and I've and I, you know, one time I even approached in a case and said to the judge, you know, judge, I mean, there's, we don't have too many left. I think we got. You're gonna have to stiffen it up. Yeah. And he looks so, back, and he's like, "Oh, uh, maybe." Well, part right. of it is, you know, when you're, you know, uh, you got the jury pool back to they bring in forty jurors, and you're right. pulling twelve. You know, you pull twelve, and you replace them. So you're looking back there, and you can see who's back there, and like, you know, they're calling the random numbers, right? And you're like, uh, not out to, pretty. Good. I don't want to judge, you know, books by the cover, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're looking at people going, I don't think that person. Yeah, this doesn't is look somebody like you want a jury for a week. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> So if I say, if I get up there and I say, oh, I have surgery, do I have to produce a document? Man, you might ask a couple questions and if you seem like you're full of it, they mm-hmm. might. The other thing is, they don't, you're not, they just reschedule you. Uh, so, you know, you're going to be back yeah. in a couple of months. So To do it again. Right. Yeah. Right. I've only gotten one summons to be on uh, a jury, like to show up for, yeah. you know, duty. Uh, and it was from North Carolina. However, I lived in South Carolina. That's right. And so I called and said, "You are eligible for jury. I think I can do this." No, uh, so and that happens every, every once in a while. You know, yeah. we, they have a, a thing to fill out, and it'll say Clover, South Carolina. Right. Like, well, we used to live in in North yeah, Carolina. Like you're so on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, but, yeah. But that's the only, literally the only time it's ever happened. Where in North Carolina did you live? In Pineville, like I, in uh, I didn't you know. Know, South Carolina. Yeah. I, I thought Pineville was in South Carolina. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Full of it. I'm not full of it. I'm not just up on my geography. I'm not as up on it. So I got a quick butcher's word. Good. Maybe a completion of butcher's word. I think I talked about it before. It was the uh, Queen's Gambit, right? So I yes. got, got to the end of it. And uh, the good guy wins. I'm not going to say, uh, <clears throat> but I loved the ending. And uh, I loved the the way they resolved all the conflicts in it. So. Well, I began to watch uh, the series. Okay. I, I, when I watched episode one, and I was correct. I don't know if you remember last time we were together, I asserted that perhaps I could fool my wife into watching it because it had the word queen in it. Yeah. And it turns out she had already begun watching it because it had the word queen in it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, unwittingly, she was does, like, oh, does she Queen's like Gambit. It? She did not like it. Huh. So we were I'm not really off. surprised because yeah. the first episode's rough. It was rough. Yeah. And uh, actually, all the episodes are rough. Are they? Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I'm well, excited to get to more. Yeah, I mean, it's... I can't say it without ruining it. Yeah. But the... Um, spoiler alert, don't listen for the next five seconds if you don't want to hear. Right. It's got a happy ending. <sighs> Thanks for ruining it. I told you not to listen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> But, it, you but know, no, I'm excited about the, that. The, her conflict of balancing or no balance to it, I guess, resolving the conflict between her genius and her madness yeah. is, is resolved in a way. She finds a way. Uh-huh. I and, love it. Uh, 
I'm excited. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I think it's good. The first, I loved the first episode. I thought it was very good. That was well done. It's she it's, looks like kind of a young Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind this of, is in a way it's a sports movie. I think a chess is a sport, but uh, for one thing, I was like, I'm I've only ever played chess, but they some of the things they do, like they play speed chess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty freaking amazing. I mean, yeah. and they play, uh, you know, it's just there's different things that they do, and then you have to have some stamina. Oh yeah, because your yeah. brain is right. But yeah. that's just all it's fascinating. So yeah. I, to me, it's a uh, it's a high wreck up there with Ted Lasso's, you know. Which is saying something because I thoroughly enjoy yeah. Ted Lasso. Yep. What else? Anything else? Um, you got, I'm midway through phone? the last, uh, the most recent Jack Reacher book. Ah. Oh. Which is exactly like every Jack Reacher every, book I've ever read, which is exactly why I read it. <laughs> finds his way it in still some. still has that some, amazing. Finds his way in some oddball little town accidentally. Immediately yep. encounters some dude some being thuggery. Some thuggery intercedes. Yep. Yep. Realizes the thuggery goes deeper than he thought it dun, was. Dun, dun. The local police misunderstand his motives. Yes. Uh, except for one young female cop who looks up to him. It happens. No. In, you know, oh yeah. Wait, same thing. It doesn't sound. Yeah. It's so formulaic. And uh, and yet. Did you watch the movies? Yeah. Movies? And of course, uh, you know, I'm not a purist of any kind. I just cannot accept Tom Cruise in that role. Oh really? Yeah, I can't do it. I mean, he's just physically the description of Jack yeah. Reacher. He's, Tom Maybe, Cruise is too small and too um, good well, looking. I, I think Tom Cruise is a great actor. I, I, that's I why I asked. I love I Tom Cruise. Books, so oh, yeah, I, I love know. Tom Cruise. Yeah. But he cannot physically overcome the difference between Jack Reacher as described uh, yeah. in the books and Jack Reacher. Well, the guy's six foot five. Yeah, okay. And a huge part of his menace is just his size. Six, six foot five, 250. <laughs> so in, in a <laughs> lot a of the monster. situations he gets into, it's his size. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the books are very, they slow down and go into extreme detail in all f- like physical altercations or, or anything about a gun. Like he gives a lot of good detail. So they're interesting to read. Like, uh-huh. like and he's often very common. He was in the movies. Like, you know, he's, fa- he's facing five guys. Right. And he walks you through how he decides which, strategically which to, what to do, who to get, who hit first and why. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, this guy's the ringleader. If I take him out, uh-huh. then the other, this guy will hesitate. I'll have one second to get this guy. And that's why, he, you know, he wins these fights one on five. So they, you know, they go through this whole thing. Uh-huh. But a lot of it is the, the physical force of being so huge yeah. and being able to deliver a blow with speed. Yeah. That will just you know, destroy a man. That, that would, you know, but you know, you're like your picture in, you know, five foot eight Tom Cruise. Yeah, you want that. you want uh, you want the Rock. Yeah, the Rock actually would be good, like uh, or Chris Hemsworth. You know, oh, oh if yeah, he can yeah. do an American accent, yeah. which I, I imagine he probably could. He may be yeah. on a little young side for the role, but um, yeah, but a, a, you want a, a a big towering. Yeah. yeah, he has to be a big, big guy. And he can't be particularly good looking. He's got to be like, can't be pretty. Yeah, it can't be yeah. pretty, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed the, books, the, the I just movie, love the books, so, but now I want to. Yeah, I want to read the books. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you didn't hadn't read the books, the movies would be fine, right? And that's why. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought like, the I, movies were entertaining. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I love. In fact, I'm like, give me more. Right. Yeah, but, but there is no, you know, there is no book where he's ever in a one on one fight. That's it's always one on five. That well, and, yeah. he never one on one wouldn't it, be. He fair. rarely. I don't think there's very few times where somebody gets the best of him. But if it happens, it's because there's like four guys who uh-huh. are, you know, guys who were played, you know, were linemen in college, D1 college, and didn't quite make it to the pros. Like it's it's Got something it. like that. So he he can be overcome. 
with enough force where he makes a mistake. Also, if he makes a mistake. See, because in the movies, that's obviously not depicted at that, all. That's right. Yeah, it's no, not he never loses. Well, he did lose a couple fights in the second one, you know, the one where he's in New Orleans. Like that, that the, his, the, the, the antagonist in the second one was a physical oh, yeah, match for him. Yeah. You know. And is that the one, where, did he capture the girlfriend and the... The girl is in the, she's a, uh, an army officer and she's falsely accused yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, yes. Which is, oh, yeah, yeah. Which yes. is based on the book. Yes. The, book is, the, book, the book is different in that sense, like... You yeah. Know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's hard. You know. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the Mission Impossible movies and the yeah, Jack Reacher movies, because it's all Tom and it. Well, that's another thing. Is like Tom Cruise, you know, is like as an actor, is much more likely to be depicted as getting by in his wits. Yeah. And and yeah. Be, and to be physical too, but sure. I mean, the 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 thing is, you know, Reacher's the dude not, ain't six five. Yeah. Ain't ain't t- t- fifty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a that's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. No, I love it. I love it. I didn't know that that was that was. I'm trying to picture Tom Cruise's six uh, five. Nah, I think can't. he's five five. I think he's like five six or five seven. Yeah, five eight something. Yeah, like but I know he's he's diminutive. As many actors are. Yes. yes. Like Paul Newman was five eight. I think is that right? Yeah. 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 There you go. Redford's. I think the he was a big guy, wasn't he? I don't think he was very tall either. No. I think if there were big ones, but anyway, it doesn't oh, really matter. Well, Not the pretty ones. The pretty ones are all. But no, you know, it has none of thing, nothing to do with uh, with accountability. Oh, uh, well, no, I'm gonna say. Oh, here we go. I'm ready. Yeah, you're right. It it has nothing to do with accountability, which is a clunky but serviceable segue. We're gonna have to use it for this one, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, you got personal accountability, right? Yes. Which we've talked about, which is submission to standard through enforcement and consequence, right? Yes. That's in the uh, live right mm-hmm. quadrant, and that's. How you, you know, you, not only are you holding other men accountable, but you're held accountable. Right. To those uh, men. To those men. So uh, it's, it's similar in a sense to team uh, accountability team, but this is accountability that's driven by the leader. Right. Now, he, of course, as the leader of the team, he is also held accountable or has to be. Or, or, yeah. And, and, right. and I mean, I guess if you're drawing Venn diagrams, right, there's going to be overlap. Right. That's right. right. Of course. A lot of this stuff. Of, of course, course there is. Yeah. So accountability team is the setting and uh, enforcement of high standards right. within the team. Um, and that's driven by the team leader. So every team has to have a set of standards by which they all have to which they all have to live. Of course, uh, it goes without saying that the leader has to. Sure. But, you know, of course, it's not horizontal accountability because he's the leader. So right. it's the yeah yeah. So he why, has to enforce the standard. He has to enforce the, the standard, and he also has to live to it himself. If he mm-hmm. doesn't, of course, you know. Well, he loses any credibility to be able to enforce loses, if he doesn't do it himself. That's right. right. That's right. So if you have a team and you've set standards, well, if you have a team and you haven't set standards, then you know the team won't accomplish anything because everybody's going to just do what they want to do. Right. So first of all, you got to have them, and then you got to maintain them. And maintain them means first you have to do it. It's just exhausting. It's exhausting. Because <laughs> really, really maintaining them is enough. You got to exceed them. As the leader. Yeah. You know, because although a, a standard is a minimum, and it wouldn't be the minimum if it wasn't good enough. Right. As the leader, you have to be, you have to be trying to exceed. You have to be seen trying to Making exceed. Making the effort, yeah. So, yeah. and I don't remember if it's the example you give, but it's an example you have given uh, to me before of, you know, timeliness as an example, right. right? If that is a standard of the team, right. then the leader needs to be 15 minutes early. That's right. You he know. needs to be there when everyone else starts trickling in. Yeah. Which. He can't trickle in after. That's right. He, guys are there. He needs right. to be there when the first guy trickles. That's right. That's yeah. right. 
He has to be Dick Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's 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 kind of critical. But he also has to enforce it amongst the individual members of the team, because as soon as he doesn't enforce them, the standards become meaningless. And it's team over. Begins to disintegrate. And you know, it's funny, uh, th- and that is true of parenting as well. It is. Yep. Because you, if you make a rule, and in fact, it's even more important as a parent. Which is a you know kind of a team like team. a husband and wife or a team yeah but those are families a group right right but there's there, we're all working on something well you know in our our parlance the team of the husband and wife serves the the community of the family right and uh, it's one thing for one of the parents not to meet a standard if say the M doesn't but you need to yeah you need to and if the kids see dad not meeting a standard that's been set. It's, that is, that's toxic to them. Yeah. I'll tell you, you might get away with it and say maybe your oldest kid will be right. like, okay, I understand. And yeah, and it's complicated and whatever, bro, you're going to have a kid and for us, it's our youngest, but you're going to have a kid who's going to eat you alive. Yeah. They will. My kids are like, man, they're like, I mean, they just latch on it and immediately yeah. see it. Yeah. Well, I thought the rule was how come. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I've never, I've never given such clear instruction in my life to yeah. anyone as right. I have to to my 10 year old because if I waver even and if I'm hypocritical or contradictory in any way to anything I've said ever in her 10 years of life right. she'll remember it that's right <laughs> she will use it yeah. against me that's right <laughs> because you know there's a couple reasons for that you know one of them is nobody wants to live to standards right right even if they recognize their importance they're like oh. I know I'd still really rather that's right yeah. so of course the person who's, who is uh, enforcing them is someone that they want to be able to push sure. back against but also they're testing Oh, yeah. They want to make sure you really mean it. And so, you know, and I don't know what the solution is for everybody. Uh, and I'll ask you what, how you handle it, too. But like, so I find myself going and just keeping with the kids. Right. I find myself going a lot saying. OK, um, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I I said this, you know, three weeks ago or. OK, I hear what you're saying, but this is why this situation is slightly different in my mind. But, you know, persuade me. Right. And I have to have these conversations with her. Yeah, and well, that's what you you have to do. Otherwise. So if you get caught as a leader, um, not meeting your own standard, not meeting team right. standards, and it's pointed out to you by a team member, I say you just have to cop to it. Yeah. And if there's uh, if there's mitigating circumstances, it's OK to say them. But at the end of the expressing them, you got to say that's no excuse. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, might, you know, it might be exigent circumstances. You well, know, sure, sure, sure. Right, but I mean, right. we're, yeah, like, we're talking about a ten-year-old. When kid. we, you know, <laughs> we're driving in a car, we wear our seatbelts, you know. But uh, your wife falls out of the car, and you <laughs> take off your suit. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. No, exigent, nobody's right. talking about that. We're talking about just just it's failure, life. failure, normal to life a normal, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, but I think that it's uh, the candor. That's why candor is the virtue. Is is it's critical to if called out by a team member. It's it's critical yeah. for the leader to be honest about it. Right. And say, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'll fix it or whatever the thing might be. But, but that's if it's fixable, but I mean, it's right. if it starts, but with, that's the accountability, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, them being able and, and creating an environment where the, the people that you are leading are able to say that to that's you. That's right. Right. And not fear the consequence sure. of saying that to you. Right. And pretty much they should be reflecting what you do because if you watch leaders who struggle with in, in, inside a team when the standards aren't met, um, 
It's because they're super uncomfortable about holding people to a standard. Yeah, for whatever. You know, they're not skilled at it. It hasn't been demonstrated. They've never apprenticed as a leader. They don't know that it's incredibly simple because all you have to do is say, the standard is X, you did Y, you see the difference, yeah. will you fix it? Right. <laughs> it's not a lot of... Yeah, if you feel this need to explain right. the Delta, that's fine. That's right. But Now, if you want to yeah. throw in an attaboy in there and say, you know, hey, man, you've been doing a great job. Sure. However, on this occasion, you did this and standards that. You know, um, I think um, there's two mistake paths. One is to not mention it at all right. or not to be clear to come in and say, hey, uh, you know, I just wonder if you thought about uh, you know, uh-huh, kind of that uh-huh. uh, office uh, space kind of thing. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, that you come in on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to be here. You know, right. Right. It'd be great. The other way is to be is to demand explanations. Ah, you know, you say this is the standard. You know, this this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you did. The difference is this. Are you will you I need to bring that up to speed or whatever. Right. I mean, the reasons for it actually don't really matter. Unless, right. uh, unless they unless do. there was some crazy mitigating, you know, well, exter- extenuating. you know, the 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 team member may want to tell you the mitigating circumstances because he doesn't want you to think he just blew off a standard. Sure. And you need to listen to it. Right. Um, but what I meant more is demanding some kind of explanation. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. You know, putting the guy on yeah. the spot. You know, 99 times out of 100 is because it just just, just happened. Overcome by events. Yeah, whatever. Like right. I always tell my guys, it's like if you if you don't if you if there's something you're supposed to do, because we have this system of communicating about tasks, right. just put in an OBE, overcome by events. You know, that's, that's right. doesn't mean you're right. Generally speaking, it's an acceptable It's acceptable to, in the sense that it resp- it's a response. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, yeah. so at least I know you're responsive. Right. right. Yeah, so you you're know, not just like right. <laughs> dropping off the planet because now I have right. to. So we used yeah. to have this thing in the military, which I really liked, which was, you know, if you, if, Call out on a, on a failure or a failure to meet the standard. You know, you could not all the time, but you could say no excuse, and that was it. And mm-hmm. it's a conversation. No excuse, sir. Yeah, there. You, yeah, and right. that's that. Because a lot of times there is no excuse anyway. And you know, if you push a guy to give you an excuse, he makes one up, and now he's right. And now we have to deal with that. Right. And then, and then every time somebody's forced to do that, they, that breeds resentment. But if you just keep it quick and clean. Right. So in the one sense that when you when you see as a leader, a member of a team exceeding a standard, you should immediately call that to attention. Say, hey, man, that's great how you did that. Yeah. Particularly when it's an initiative based thing. Yeah. They take one extra step without being told. That's great. Keep that up. You know, it takes you, what, 10 seconds. Right. Right. And I think too many leaders will say, well, they're just doing their job. Well, I got to congratulate. It's not congratulating. You're recognizing it. Right. It's a tip of the cap for the effort. Hey, and you know, Santa, look. Human beings, on the whole, are completely uh, stroke deprived. You know, we don't get enough. Well, they get the wrong strokes. Yeah. Well, that's you what know, I mean. They, they, don't, get, they don't get the good they strokes. Get victimization they get the, strokes. I mean, right. Hey, you know, a guy who's struggled so much because of your right. circumstances. No, like, shut up. It's like, you know, I'm transactional in this sense. It's like, you know, here's a standard. You exceeded it. You went above and beyond for the team. That needs to be recognized. Way to go, man. Right. You know, so well, that's, and, and, and you'll get dynamically more of that kind of behavior every time, <laughs> every time. By the same token, if you ignore it, I mean, or you don't say anything or the guy's like, yeah, well, maybe he doesn't even care. Maybe he's not even watching. Right. So, I mean, just to take that extra second and say, I really appreciate what you did there. 
Yeah. And that's well. And so I know we've mocked it, but uh, that's why I hang these idiot boards all around my house all the time. Yeah. No, I didn't you know? mock it. I, I know. I'm, I didn't I'm, say, I'm joking about yeah. the mocking. But yeah. yeah. No, but that's, but that's like part you've been of doing, doing lately on Twitter is he's recognizing, uh, recognize these high impact guys. You know, it's so funny. I don't even know where that I used that term glory to work ratio. And I got to get that. See if I can throw myself upon the right. mercy of the lexicon committee and put it in the lexicon. But um, but that that idea that, you know, I'm. I get a lot of praise and a lot of attaboy. I get a lot of them, right? Because it's like, man, this is going so great. Or, oh, that's, you know, yeah. you're, you're the president. Oh, we appreciate that. When really, I'm not doing anything. You know, I mean, I, I do a lot of work. That's fine. But I, my glory to work ratio is very high. You know, I'm getting a lot of accolades for a, a minimal. You know what those are? What? They're dividends. I'm sorry? So you know what a dividend is, right? Sure. I mean, you I see know, where so, you're going, I think. But, so, but I, I mean, you own stock, right? Yeah. Okay. And every quarterly or whenever the, the company that you, in which you own stock may right. issue a dividend. Yeah. You know, you invested in the company, right? But you didn't do anything. You invested. So you, but when you when you buy stock in in uh, in uh, Microsoft, you buy right. some Microsoft stock, right? right? So you, that that's an investment. You know, right. They, they get uh-huh. whatever. You buy you buy it, and then uh, right price goes up. They re- well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they return a dividend. Well, I guess that's it, what, yeah. it's like a distribution of profit. Right. Right. So you open up your mailbox and you're like, oh, a dividend. Right. I didn't work for that. I didn't expect that. Uh-huh. Right. Now, that's one type of investment with dollars. Another type is a, is a huge investment, like an investment in humans. <laughs> or a man investment. I'm just working this out in my head. Yeah, yeah. You I know, it's so like a man investment. You know, uh, so I invested in man. Okay. You know, so another guy. So let's say that that means, you know, a guy you're whetstone. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You make an investment in the guy, right? You don't right. know if you're not expecting a dividend. You don't have to pay a dividend. No. Right? Yeah. Like a, like if you get in the ground floor of a company and you invest in it, you don't know if it's going to succeed or not. Sure. Right. So a man investment is similar in a sense. You know, you're you poured you're, in there. You're pouring your time and energy into a, another guy, into a man, and you make a man investment. And if it returns a dividend, fine. You know, if it happened, it may never happen, right? Right. And every once in a while, you open that mailbox, and man, there's that, uh, there's that human dividend. Div- hum- hum- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked himadent or hivident. Himadent. There's that himadent, man. So you're out, if you're out there and you never listen to us do this, <laughs> this is literally how we do it. Yeah, this right. We come right. up. We have an idea. Yeah, and we throw it around. We just we come up with a way to characterize it. Right. But pack, I've been thinking about some meaning in there. And I, you know, because a guy uh, we were doing my shield lock today, MIP with my shield lock guys, and uh, uh, one of the guys who's uh, at the recovery program was talking about. Um, what we do is go around the circle and you say, well, I got, you say, this is where God worked for me last week. This is where I needed to work. And this guy said, I, you know, he started talking about all these blessings uh-huh. that had come to me. It's like, I don't even deserve all this. I don't know why it happened. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I was saying, well, how, what, what happened? And what it, what it was, was that somebody had given him something unexpectedly. Okay. And it, you know, it wasn't in return for anything like that, but it was a guy that he had been doing something with. And I said, yeah, that's a, that's like a dividend. He goes, oh, what's a dividend? I explained it to him. Uh-huh. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, except it's a different kind of dividend because it comes from a man. Right. Uh-huh. Right? And I, I said, love- so you made this investment. I think it was calling it a huge investment or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I, like man, man investment. I like my investment. Yeah. So you made an investment in this guy's life and it wasn't the same as a transaction. You weren't saying, hey. Yeah, uh, I give you, know, you this, you give me that. I'll paint your wheelbarrow if you pay me 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, if I paint my, your wheelbarrow, I expect that 50 bucks. I don't get it, I'm disappointed. Right. That's not an investment. That's not a man investment. My investment is, you know, I spent five seconds or five hours or whatever investing in you and your betterment right in some way sharpening you or, or whatever or just, just the behavior could have been the same yeah it could have been well, a painting wheelbarrow because right. i know you need that's your right. wheelbarrow painted that's i'm right. good 
So yeah. sometimes when you invest in something on the ground floor, like, you know, the original seven Apple, Apple investors yeah. are like, you know. Billionaires. But I will tell you this, because I told this guy today, all man investments work that way. So if you make an honest man investment in a man, the uh, the dividends that you get back are embarrassing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, so okay, that's fair. Whenever I'm downrange and I walk up, some guy says, you saved my life and I've never met the guy before. You don't think that that's like that's a dividend? No. It's a, I'm yeah. like, holy moly. You know, I didn't do anything. It's like, I, you yeah. know, the, the man investment I made is so far upstream. Yeah. It doesn't even, there's no even no, no connection. But I, I can, I can, I, I, I can say this without, uh, without fear of being wrong. Cause I've seen it happen so many times. The, the ROI on, on a man investment is embarrassing. Yeah. It, it's, it's ludicrous. Well, like, look at F3. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. an embarrassing ROI. Yeah, I mean, and every time I see it out there, I, that's why I love Twitter. Just seeing these distant places where they're doing something. I think it was um, Dayton. You know, I've never been a day sure. high in my life. Yeah. And they're like, we're getting ready to do this twenty-four hour ruck for. I saw this tweet. Right. You know, yeah. well, it was on Slack. We're getting ready to do this twenty-four hour ruck in Dayton. You know, yep. for these. Uh, I can't even remember what it was. It was just this huge no, thing. No, I saw the thing. Yeah, it's swabbles. I there think, there was another one where was, I can't remember what this one was where they said. Um, oh, it was it was Florida. Might have been Orlando, St. Pete, Clearwater. It's Clearwater. They said uh, there was some sort of food distribution uh, uh -huh. mission, yep. and because of COVID, I think they canceled it. And they were looking around as anybody could see a way. To, and yeah. it's like, and the, the guy who wrote the tweet or the Slack, he said, "I can't have people going hungry in my community." I mean, <laughs> and F three guys just picked it up, yeah, and just did it, yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. I was like, I mean, that that's a him at end. <clears throat> it's embarrassing him at end. You know, I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can sit around thinking about uh, how you're you know, going to be Warren Buffett and make all these investments and be the richest man on earth. And I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I have no sure, idea. Sure, I have no idea. But uh, if you spend your time uh, making man investments, man, I will give you the, the dread rock solid guarantee that himidens will be embarrassing. Embarrassing. And so enriching that um, it will give meaning, much more meaning to your life. Then opening the uh, mailbox and finding a check for hundred thousand dollars you didn't think were coming. I know that sounds weird. No, no, it doesn't. And and I know that's only because I've right. received the himidens. You you right. had your own set of himidens, yeah. right? Um, and it's the same to bring it back with the team. Yeah. The 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 results of of accountability, doing what a leader has to do, um, and the potency of the team, uh -huh. the dynamism of the team, what it does in the community. Um, because I see it all the time and you know at yeah. three and uh, I know with your team with your shared leaders your team what you guys have set in motion and you see it happening yeah it's you crazy know, I just uh, I when I read all that stuff about the uh, Louisville uh, GT that we just did uh -huh. the effect it had on guys I'm like I just, I know. that's just crazy right I know. It, it's just crazy and the, uh, the fact that we get to do this I know uh, that we have the, the blessing of this opportunity to do this is uh, it's embarrassing, wonderful, and embarrassing. And so I guess in that way, then Embar that's why they say it's an embarrassment of riches, right? Uh, that what, isn't that what yeah. it is? You you don't have an embarrassment of riches if you worked right. If you earned every penny, like you earned every penny of it. It's yeah. like you don't get your paycheck at the end of a yeah. hard week and go, "That's an embarrassment." I of riches. can't believe this. No, yeah. like it's, no, the embarrassment. It's is undeserved, like grace. Yeah, like when unmerited you, that's grace. Exactly, what I was just going to say. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. same ilk. You know, mercy and, uh, is a mercy if you deserve right. it. Yeah. And uh, you know, and whenever somebody 
so it happened to me today and there's a new guy that in our little group here at MIP and he said hey one of the guys said you were you know one of the other guys he's, he's been talking about you all week he read your book and you know he says you were one of the founders and I just had to meet you and uh, I looked at the guy and he looks at me he's kind of embarrassed and I was like I'm more embarrassed than you are <laughs> because it's unmerited yeah it's unmerited and uh but that will I'll, I'll give you if you're a guy out there and you listen to this and you're like you know why should I move from sad clown is servant why should i start man vesting and my response would be because it'll be the the embarrassment of riches yeah uh it's that old you can't afford not to. right right and you know uh can't afford not to exactly on that note yes, sir. Uh-huh. will you go out and make an, a man investment today <laughs> I, I will i will if you do <laughs> yeah whatever you receive in return uh-huh. will not obviate this fact which is you got a face for radio. <laughs> you got a radio face. It's a bad case too. It is it too. Is. I'll see you next week. All right. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to Forty Three Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about F three leadership or anything else, write to us at questions at forty three feet podcast dot com. Tweet us at at 43 Feet Podcast or find us on Facebook at 43 Feet. While you're there, give us a follow. Also, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, rate us, and write a review. It really does help others find us. Until next time, we'll be out here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front.